0: All right, matthew welcome to episode 115 of the performance advantage podcast where we bring sports science to the people with myself dr will o'connor and dr matt miller aka mtb phd founder and creator of break the world's first break sensor software combo to get you faster out on the mountain hashtag own the mountain is that it yeah yeah plenty of hashtags
1: yeah yeah demystifying mtb democratizing flow you know you can just keep adding them
0: <laughs> okay cool all right matt so on this podcast we like to break down the science try to do that in a understandable enjoyable relatable actionable way and if you enjoy what you hear hear uh then make sure you no check one's out watching
1: <laughs> no, <laughs> Maybe.
0: i don't know about those spotify stats but hey matt speaking of watching monetized on youtube oh so make sure go put my videos dr will o'connor youtube uh, on loop and i'll be getting <laughs> some sense in the ad rev actually if you click on one of my just start clicking on the ads as well and then yeah i should get enough to like get a coffee or so each week
1: each month maybe or each yeah. year. i don't know i don't know how often they pay i wonder what, how it works an when you have youtube premium like do you get any ad? obviously there's no yeah, ads. you get but more you get... you get more yeah ah. yeah like you get like a youtube premium view oh so, so if you get like a discerning crowd to come to your videos you know because let's we're on youtube premium because i'm not watching someone someone's ads right <laughs> look i don't know how many people actually use youtube premium but i'm not watching ads yeah, but that's good yeah. so if someone logs in with their premium account and watches you you get more money yeah yeah wow. that's that's right
0: i mean we're talking more money but we're talking like more fractions cents of the penny, one. <laughs> one cent. the
1: majority
0: of the people with you and i'm not getting anything from that
1: well you know what that's pretty cool though because you've been doing youtube stuff for a really long time like we have a lot of stuff on youtube we're not youtubers no 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 we're not youtubers but we put like a bunch of stuff on youtube yeah it's really
0: it's um you know for anyone who's like i don't even in this online world sphere it's actually it has um the like those vanity metrics of like subscribers views and all that doesn't really matter for a service product like ours where it's like you know it's us right so like Every hundred views, I I maybe I get someone like emailing an inquiry, or buying a training plan. It's like you don't need a a, a shit
1: ton of those to like um, you know, like well, a- let's be honest, you'd be happy if you hundred thousand X'd all that. That'd be quite <laughs> interesting. It'd totally change everything. But yeah, it's uh it's true. Like we just um it's, just know, like a, it's
0: a really helpful resource where you go. Like someone emails you message you on the on instagram facebook or whatever you're like oh well check this video out like i've done something on there yeah it's like um really helpful for that kind of stuff but um yeah otherwise it's just like uh, so much effort compared to podcasting that's why podcasts are so popular youtube site like, eh.
1: <laughs> yeah because you can do it in like i just took a shower my hair is a bit of mess and we're both wearing gray hoodies like <laughs> that is not gonna fly on youtube <laughs> yeah we wasted wasting like five hours trying to set up our lighting and the, yeah. the
0: camera and the, yeah
1: anyway yeah, this is good podcasts are more fun anyway like i don't have to always constantly be looking at you and doing a fake smile as well
0: yeah you definitely yeah. don't so.
1: <laughs> it is on video though like it's on spotify if you yeah someone watch can it. watch it if they want have a look if you really care but you're probably <laughs> driving what uh, today um you know we've been talking about pacing and stuff for a long time and you brought up this idea of the iron man world champs that yep. it's like a hilly course yeah all right man we got to like a little bit unpack this yes do we have a gentleman's agreement i can't remember if we did the gentleman's oh, agreement, No. Right? We, gotta it, man. no, no so we gotta say it man we gotta say it no yeah we're giving this podcast for no. free Seekers. just give us give will a, a view on youtube give it show us some love right We d- we do this one for free so Sub- subscribe to us and uh, we'll keep doing this free content that's gentlemen's agreement and uh five stars
0: okay we said oh, just give <laughs> us a rating but then matt screenshotted a what like a three or a
1: four star yeah someone gave us like a one i think and it brought down our average but no one really gives reviews on, on spotify really but <laughs> someone's trying to like definitely do us dirty by giving us a low review like yeah, i think been- if a podcast one star Like you obviously you either didn't listen listen to it it, or you wasted your algorithm. Yeah, yeah, it's a competitor. But so the Iron Man, you sent me this link, and I was it says. So no,
0: this isn't. I guess so much. I mean, it's yeah. There's Iron Man World Chance, but it's like anaerobic work capacity W prime, uh, power duration curve above threshold. Like I was, I wrote about it in something. Oh my, uh, a couple podcasts on running with Doctor Will and uh now i have so much stuff going on but um the so i'm doing a weekly blog on Substack to check to test out the new Substack platform which is essentially youtube for blogs so you build up a subscriber base and then you can like offer premium content or like and charge them you know you know of alan cousins you know the the sports scientist alan cousins uh, no. like og sports science you know one of those like yeah, funds. Cousins, the name doesn't ring a bell, no. Really? Oh, okay. okay. Um, he's writing his book, Uh, like, systematically on Substack, and you just pay, and you get the chapters each, like a couple of chapters each month as he's writing them. Yeah. And you can, like, be in the community, like, creating comments and stuff. I was like, that's a pretty cool way to write a book, you know, because you've written a book. I've kind of written one. Like, it's hard to... It's hard to like just do it in isolation, but like if you were getting some kind of, I guess,
1: performance or stepwise bonus, like you need like a little bit of motivation along the way. Like, oh man, I don't know if anyone's going to read this. You like put out the first chapter, like, okay, people hate it. I'll keep going, <laughs> make it better. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly, a minimum viable product kind of thing. But anyway, I'm like because I'm transitioning from ultra running to track running, and I wrote about the power like my. My big weakness is like the area under the curve of my power duration curve, running power duration curve that is. And uh, so anyway, I'm writing the weekly blog about my training all the way up to national champs, five thousand meters, hoping to run like fourteen minutes something
1: think uh, in March next year. So we're thinking pacing, or we're thinking you need more kick or what what's going on in your head? Yeah, well i've
0: really like i've been running ultras so i haven't even given a shit really about above threshold speed and power like i've only concerned my only concern about above threshold work is just overall fitness gains right like metabolic efficiency uh force production like uh training load like a different stimulus i haven't really cared about how fast i was running at each point or how much power is producing at each point and like above the curve like i didn't care what my one minute peak pace was obviously i cared but i didn't i wasn't trying to improve it i just was like cool i needed like when i did some track stuff over the summer while i was building up for an ultra i like knew where i needed to race Right, i was i was doing 3000 so like a nine minute race so it's like oh yeah i just need to hit some of these sessions but i didn't really I knew I had the speed. I just need to sustain it. Uh, Now it's like, okay, this is my, my main concern is this area between like five to 15 minutes, which is, it's on my power duration curve, this massive plateau. Essentially like everyone's got not everyone, but most people got your good sub two minute kicks. You know, you can go pretty handy. And then after that, I don't really have a large differentiation of speed. It's kind of like that was fast that was still kind of fast and now you're just like as fast as you're gonna go like you kind of at critical power yeah like like my f- my 10 minute say is not much larger than my 30 minute right kind of thing like I'm just real shallow curve yeah which I really need to bump up because I've only been concerned with like above like way beyond 30 minutes um, Yeah. so anyway and then I was chatting with uh uh, yeah, anyway, a pro triathlete doing the Ironman World Champs. And I said, you need to look at the anaerobic work capacity and consider this race almost like an individual classics race in terms of preparing for it. And I mean, classics as in pro cycling classics, like your Paris-Roubaix and uh, what, Paris-Nice and what are some other ones? Laissez-Liege. only liege really Les Where you have like those guys and girls do the race now as well like you've got to withstand these massive surges in power and then come back to a steady power and then and so you go like you're constantly regardless of how chill you want to do like an iron man like here this has got what how many thousands of almost almost three and a half thousand meters of climbing elevation at like some points 10 percent. you can't chill up a 10 percent climb 100 and something k's into a race you know you're like 60 miles into a race and you're like cool i'm just going to chill up this 10 percent climb it's not going to happen like you're going to be probably above threshold right but then unlike a normal iron man you absolutely just chill on the descent like you're freewheeling okay so sure it's pretty technical it's in france nice france so um But now you're recovering, okay? And so now you're replenishing your anaerobic work capacity or W prime. So it's like, this is just such a different way of pacing 180K compared to your standard Ironman, which is just, might have a climb, might, you know, but it's probably got one big one or it's a few hundred meters. Yeah, and like a, I don't know what that would be, a thousand feet probably a million feet, I don't know what the conversion factor is. It's just Yeah, it's inches, quarters of inches. <laughs> um, that. That's easier. So, yeah, where well, you can just control, you can pretty much control your power within like a, a 20, 30 watt bandwidth, you know, and you like, give yourself an extra 20 watts on the climb, all good, chill on the descent. Now, you're like, well, you have a 1000 meter climb, an 18 kilometer climb, which would be like uh 11 mile climb covering uh what's the what is the conversion from meters to feet
1: there's about three feet in a meter okay so like a three thousand feet climb uh
0: you know and and it comes at 50k into the race up to 70k in the race so pretty early on everyone's feeling pretty fresh it's the average gradient is what like five to six percent steep. You know, that's on an average gradient, that's steep. Um and there's there's sections in it. Like there's this one section, I'm just highlighting it now. It's like around 20%. It's
1: pretty steep. What that's, kind of bike would you ride for this? Would you just ride a normal road bike? I would, for sure. I would be recommending what do you think the pros will do probably ride
0: full aero discs like yeah. bikes Like it depends who's advising them
1: right because well it depends what's faster right isn't this the the job is to figure out what's faster like that is the job to i know faster. but
0: for, for the last decade everyone has only been concerned about aerodynamics
1: yeah
0: right like how like and and it's showed like the bikes are so much faster like the bike legs are so much faster over the over the last especially five years um and whereas you've got this course it's just how much flat do you get none like hardly any all right and so
1: i think this what is... we need to do is we need to talk a little bit about like okay first off what does it mean area under the curve we've actually talked about this a lot we've talked about um because we talked about the critical power concept in our training peaks level two course i believe mm-hmm. we definitely would have done that all of the co- uh, all of the courses yeah okay well if you've taken the training peaks level two coaches course check that out I think well, everyone has to do it if they they want to be a Training Peaks level two course. So we talk about it there, but I'm pretty sure we did a podcast about uh, critical 100%, 100%. power, and also in, when we talk about power meters. So in our power meter courses, which you can also get at, at Training Peaks University or on PerformanceAdvantagePodcast.com, <laughs> um, we definitely would have talked about that there. So we're gonna give you give you the gist of it basically in podcast form. Yeah. Although we, to be fair. Like, that was our goal in doing those courses is to do them like podcast style. Hopefully, that came through because we've been doing courses for a while now. That was like we you know like, generally get good feedback. Yeah. 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 That was, uh, well, well that was pandemic time that we that did, our, did our first course. Yeah. First mover. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was pretty fun. <laughs> but so I think we should talk about critical power, at least the critical power concept
0: yeah you you go that's your wheelhouse that's why i wanted to actually talk to you generally these podcast topic ideas come from me wanting to ask you something
1: well there's a good reason to do them right we do some stuff that we're interested in yeah yeah yes so So, you know it's interesting okay so when i was doing i came across this idea when i was doing undergraduate research that your ftp could predict your mountain bike performance. It's like, what the heck, that doesn't even make sense. Mountain biking's so intermittent, where you go really hard and then really easy. And we measured everyone's FTP, measured their performance, even created this new test called the Intermittent Power Test. That's published in Journal Science and Cycling, my first ever publication. But you should, like, that was was interesting, because I was like, what the heck, aerobic fitness, predicts how well you can do an intermittent performance. So that got me really interested in looking more into this aerobic indices of performance. And there's this other one called critical power. Critical power was cool because you could measure that in a three-minute test or like multiple tests. And basically the idea was to plot some of your best performances ever or all the best ones that you can do at that time. So you do your best, a two-minute power. You do your best five-minute power. You do your best 30-minute power. And then you plot those on a curve. And you can do, I think it's a hyperbolic curve. Eventually, it flattens out. So that curve eventually flattens out never goes down to zero. It hits this point where it, it's called the asymptote of the curve, and that's your critical power. So that means you can, in theory, in theory, you can maintain critical power forever if you were purely relying on oxidative metabolism.
0: And you didn't fatigue. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: So, like, you can't, but (laughs) that is kind of the theory. But what it does mean is it means that you have all this capacity, this area under this curve that's above your hour you can sustain forever. And you think of that as like a cup full of water, right? This area under the curve. And that's your ability to go over your critical power, right? So, for one big sprint or one final surge at the end. Or it, in a way, it predicts how quickly you recover in between really hard efforts, too, because that cup fills back up in a way. As we know, if you stop for a burrito mid-ride, that little cup's going to fill up a little bit more. So I got interested in looking at that for my master's. You can also measure it in a three-minute test, which was what really attracted me to it, because FTP, nobody wants to go do a one-hour tom trial. And let's be honest, a twenty-minute time trial is also really hard, right? So to set your FTP and to track your to track your gains in performance over a season, twenty-minute tests just get tiresome. Yeah, it's like ah, oh, bloody another twenty-minute test. Most people like them for a while, I guess. I don't know. What do you think about them?
0: Yeah, uh, you know, because I have all these these training plans on Training Peaks, and I was doing. I was like, oh, I'll put the test in every four weeks uh, and then I don't, like, because I have a 30-minute test for running, which is, it's more of like one of those maximal lactate steady-state tests. It's not like do it all out. But people, if you're new to it, it's quite exciting. You know, or to do a 5K time trial, which is generally around 20 minutes for a lot of people, it's quite exciting. Um, But then, you know, when you've been in the game, you're like, I don't want to, I don't like, when you've been in the game a while, you kind of actually already know, like you're better off doing some kind of race or like Strava segment attempt or just that attempt on your local section, you know, yeah. that local climb where you're like, go do that and we we'll, go, like, whether that's 13 minutes, nine minutes, 23 minutes, like you can get what the data you need from definitely,
1: that. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, I still like, prescribe tests, especially with someone that I'm doing a custom plan for. Yeah, hundred. Like, yeah, for sure. The sure. First time you do it, you do it wrong, basically. But you're able to set your mm-hmm. zones, and the second time you're able to get like an actually good baseline. And by the third time, at the end of the eight weeks or something like that, usually we'd be into our second custom plan by then. But the third time you do it, you're like, all right, I know what to do, and I'm going to execute it. And now I can actually use this to track my performance. But still, like, it's still twenty minutes. So this is what was cool about the critical power test is if you go all out, all out from the beginning, you know how it feels, right? It's like the start of any race. You go all out from the beginning, and eventually you're down to this level that you can sustain. Well, that's what everyone does when they pace so incredibly poorly.
0: Oh, I'll put my hand up. (laughs) Self included. Just have a look at my race from the weekend on Strava. Oh, it was. Anyway, we'll get in. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, the three minute test is good because it kind of shows you that in just three minutes and you can get your critical power. You can get your area under the curve. And this is kind of assuming that nobody can sustain anaerobic power for more than two minutes because yep. you can't. Yep. So three minute test, eventually the curve flattens out and you're out of power that you would be able to sustain for a very, very long time and yep. you get that area under the curve too. The, I think stride does something like this automatically in there app is that right yep. how yeah yeah they do it because i always see i'm always in the well i'm interested in following the stride facebook page because obviously we're creating a similar product for mountain bikers right case yeah and i'm just interested to see how people complain about the product yep. it's just yeah, yeah the
0: issue because they they are creating have created they're like five years in advance of you of the the software so like the hardware, so they've, been, they've been in the color. game yeah, yeah yeah and uh so so what they do is they just uh peak they just plot your peak performances and they so they have a of yeah like 30 seconds one minute and so on so that you get your your curve right and then they have zero to 30 days 30 to 60 60 to 90 days and each, waiting, each time period of your peak performance has a waiting on the curve oh
1: that's right. complex.
0: so so like if i did a one mile race oh i did actually i did a one mile race uh in may Ah, uh, so that would be like 60 or 90 days ago um and that would have been my peak for sure would be my peak like uh whatever it was four and a half minute output um but now like I'm not at that level because I clearly have, I haven't done anything near that level for that long. So it's not going to, it's like, let's say it was 500 watts, it, whatever the adjustment factor is, because it's so long ago, it might be 80%. I might have 80% oh, of that capacity. So it would be, uh, whatever that is, 400 watts. Yeah, that's pretty cool. I didn't know um, it actually did that. So it does that. Yeah. One of the hard things I actually, have identified with that area under the curve thing and looking at the power duration curve is like cool I've got this amazing curve um, which I did when I looked at it because I just recently done I did a one mile on a Friday on a Sunday I did a 5k the Saturday the week after that I did a hundred K and a month before that I'd done a marathon and so i had like this really good curve but it didn't really give me any insights as to how often i was working those different areas of the curve right like i so it's like oh you've got this amazing curve looks really good your anaerobic work capacity is massive it's like yeah but what's my capacity to improve it you know where where should i it doesn't really identify as much i want to run a fast 5k where where's like what are some of the things i need to be looking at because you can just look at my curve and go well it looks really good you should you can run a good 5k yeah but how do i specifically target this where are these areas and so like that was what i went into in in, in my podcast and blog um so again it's like a snapshot in time or i guess this is snapshot in time.
1: I hear, I see people on the Stride forum kind of complaining about the predictive ability oh, of uh, the this vertical is power.
0: S- such, <laughs> yeah, like, right? The pain in my voice. These fucking predictors. Like, oh, what? What do you want? Like, what do you want in life? In which you're like, I need this thing. I clip onto my shoe to tell me exactly what time <laughs> I'm going to do in this race. It's like it doesn't know that. It does, yeah. it does, it has no idea if it's bloody a hundred degrees Fahrenheit and yet yeah, like a thousand feet of elevator. Like it just, it, 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 it like, <laughs> well, let's, and, and let's... you're going to pace it and you're going to have nutrition. Like it's, it, it has no idea. It can give you the best case. Right. Yep. And sometimes it's just like wildly inaccurate because, oh, is it actually? Yeah. Because right. You may have, just like done this really good performance in the last 30 days over 5k but you haven't done anything over over two hours mm. you've done no big marathon let's i'm thinking about a marathon a lot of people use it for that marathon predictor you don't do any some people don't do big marathon sessions in the lead up to the marathon for whatever reason time availability injury um, prevention uh whatever and so it's going to say that you're pretty slow because it has no information as to drawing your asymptote out a little or like lifting it up. You know what oh, I mean? I see. I see. Like, cause it's really heavily weighted towards like 30 minutes and under. And so if it doesn't have any really quality data of 90 minutes or longer, it's, it does it doesn't know. It doesn't know what you're capable of. So it's going to probably underestimate your abilities over, over an hour. Mm, um, and That's and, interesting.
1: Yeah. So I guess we're, that's weird that it's, because i guess running's so different than cycling and the critical power model was created for cycling yeah and people
0: like so with critical power you know there's that um dude on facebook who ripped me up for saying that the asthmatode is essentially what you can sustain forever um because that was what it originally was designed for it's kind of disproven now i guess because you fatigue and then in running you max it like you fatigue quickly yeah uh and so it's it's just a proxy now for ftp or threshold or i guess like the um onset blood lactate like lactate threshold yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Tempo. Dude,
1: this is important this is important to flesh out because right it's just like another way to indicate your threshold i see so many things coming out like lt1 is the best lt2 is the best FTP is I don't know what do they say the worst. <laughs> <laughs> critical no one really talks about critical power in the bike world really. But the there's all these indices for your threshold as a way to track your performance, guide your pacing and make sure you're on the same page as the person you're talking to about your training, so whether that's your coach or yourself or whatever and you can set your zones from one of these indices
0: yeah that's the important I,
1: like, part we've talked about that a lot I, I have think um
0: yeah yeah i'm about to uh, produce a, a video on blog and stuff on tempo verse threshold right because that's just the nebulous of like um and amb- and ambiguity. ambiguity ambiguity um and yeah i've been oh, i've been hit up all the time oh, i did this test instead of this one or like um, my but uh, and it's like look we just like it's all gonna be pretty good yeah <laughs> it's it's once
1: once we not all of it i see like Dude, i see it wait luck. hold on i can't concentrate right now because did you actually just say the nebulous of ambiguity <laughs> is that what you said that's like next level yeah thanks We're still stuck on that one though i like it i like it uh so where was I? I still saying, can't stop thinking about the nebulous of ambiguity. There's so much possibility there. Did we you get can, that from Chad GPT? No, I. I <laughs> we can just, that's off the dome. I was worried you were hitting me up about the meaning of nebulous. Cause I was like, Oh shit. Did I get it wrong? Oh, actually? I don't know. This is embarrassing. <laughs> now we're both on the spot. You tell me. Yeah. I'll ask. <laughs> right, it sounds good. Crop, Let's roll with that. One.
0: We'll name yeah. the podcast. Yeah. Uh So yeah, we get, yeah, whether you do 20 minutes, you know, you've got your eight minutes. I've got my 5k, 1k for running power. It's like a lot of this is going to be give you that. I say like we need to get in the game, right? We need to get that that line, that asymptote, that threshold, that like red line where you go, okay, above this, too hard.
1: Yeah, that's the that's the most important part. It's like, okay, if you go above this threshold, it gets harder at this point, right? Yeah, okay. it's, With- it's diminishing
0: returns after this point. Yeah. yeah you go just below it and you could be for runners it's like below this marathon you're going for a few hours above this half marathon and you're going for like 90 minutes you know you're like it's it's around that point you know that transitional point and then obviously you start going higher and higher and you're going like 10k 5k with running it's so good because i can just reference those points and people go oh yeah i know like you know whereas cycling mountain biking, it's, it's Incredibly challenging because yeah, no one does these fixed distances
1: unless you're always doing your ten mile time trials, which not on the flat with no wind, and a consistent temperature on the same bike. Like it, it doesn't happen, so we don't we don't do that. We don't really look at it so much. Um, but also, it's much more intermittent in every cycling sport. You're running, you don't recover. Yeah, right. So you and guys, don't no, no super consistent. Yeah but it is uh it is important to know like well whatever your the threshold is that you choose well you should really know how long you can sustain x power above that especially in an, in an endurance event and it, for endurance what i mean is basically anything over about 3 minutes really because you're starting to rely on oxidative metabolism beyond that so that endurance is anything over that which is pretty much everything we do right unless you're a pure sprinter you're an endurance athlete Uh, of course team athletes are a little bit different but there was something uh, oh the the other important thing to know is like the shorter it is the higher your power can be that's right and that
0: the faster you can go
1: yeah yeah so the shorter this race is like uh, for your one mile you can go much higher than your threshold versus if it was a 5k Your power would be totally different. I think that's important to to remember because, well, most of us are racing a little bit longer than five minutes all the time. So
0: Uh, so then, Matt, if we think about the
1: Ironman. Yeah, dude, you showed me this. You sent me a link. It said, Ironman, nice. Uh, (laughs) Then I realized it's in Nice in France. And then, yeah, I can see the profile. You sent me... Can you put this link into the show notes? Okay. I, I can. But, what,
0: the Strava one?
1: Or, yeah, the Strava link. Yeah. Because yeah. it shows the course. I thought all Ironmans were flat. And actually... Okay, I'm a bit of an Ironman dummy here. Aren't they always in Hawaii? Don't even start on this. No, come like, on. Come on, no, tell me it. Tell me it dirty. What no, is it? Uh... Is that just age group that's always in Hawaii?
0: Oh God, shut up. Um, <laughs> it's like a, uh, so I guess, yeah, we had COVID, and so they had a Ironman World Championships in St. George. And I think Ironman being a company, were, I don't. are they still owned by the Wanda Group? They were publicly listed and then purchased. Anyway. I
1: thought they what? were owned by um, Lifetime.
0: What? But I could be wrong. No, I think they purchased lifetime, I think the other way around. Oh, oh okay. Okay. What, look. They're the th- we're dogs. probably way wrong on this. Okay. Well anyway, it's a multinational corporation. Okay. They yeah. they own um some big cycling events, you know, the the overall company own they own lots of marathons. Uh heaps heaps of shit. So So they're everywhere anyway, now. they saw the dollar signs, right? When they, they, they got the opportunity to host Ironman World Championships outside of hawaii which is very restrictive in the numbers that of people that can like race on an island it's a bit right? of a mission to get in to hawaii yeah yeah so uh so what they so that was beginning of last year i can't remember what the date was but then end of last year september october october um typically it's like at the second weekend of october they had your typical ironman world championships except they split the woman and the men and the age group so they raced over two days thursday and saturday from memory and the island was like you fucked us like big time where Mm. like people couldn't get people couldn't get to work like the locals were just Uh completely displaced um because the road closures and just the the sheer number of uh, people wearing compression socks it's just, it's invisors <laughs> It's too many. It's too many. They couldn't handle it. It's like too much bright colors.
1: All the shaving cream and disposable razors off the shelves, <laughs> gone. Bananas gone. Like oh my god, Nature Valley bars, oat and honey, <laughs> gone. <laughs> <laughs> Granola flying off the shelves. Yeah. Okay, so they're they're all around the world. So, now, I get so, it. No, That's better. And so
0: yeah, and so now they've like like well let's have this opportunity to like switch the men the women are in kona this year oh what the men are in nice this year yeah. and so they'll keep doing that so next year the men will be in kona which is iconic and then yeah. and so uh there's a big to do about it you know because kona's iconic triathletes hate change um blah 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 yeah. okay. so anyway let's so not get into in that nice. one anymore yeah but i'm <laughs> and looking
1: at the map actually that you sent me or so iron man this nice. Yeah. there's it was, um it shows
0: elevation and i think people are going to prepare for it all wrong yeah that, that like matt as someone who has almost no idea about running a marathon after having to do this kind of bike how would you advise someone to ride this knowing they have to run a marathon afterwards.
1: All right, let me look at let me just break down this course a little bit as I see it. Which by the way, um we we're talking over each other for a second. I think you were talking louder, so your voice is probably going to come through. But the one thing I noticed on this map here <laughs> is that um it says Red Bull available. You should put this one actually in the show notes too because it's it's just like a PDF and it's very clearly sponsored. So gatorade thirst quencher available and it shows that on the map so actually that's pretty cool because you can see like where it occurs on the climb which i'm only noticing now but there's a red bull available at the end looks like you're going downhill yikes there's mar 10 is also available at the same place that gatorade and red bull are available pretty much that's a cocktail yeah it's a profound cocktail it's like it's like it's not a jaeger bomb it's a some martin bomb i don't know but so you have places you can stop for drinks that's actually interesting to note. so let's come to back come back to that all right go back to strava it's a little easier to track you start with like a gentle climb
0: i know one atrocious map right there's a one page fully just one page a4 pdf for yeah, 180k but- bike ride And they're just like yeah here's everything you're like i'm i'm like pretty concerned about what is to come what do you want flying halfway across the world to all the way across the world actually if i was flying from new zealand or australia right it's two flights two like 10 12 hour flights i get there and i have this pdf where the dude is probably one tenth the size of the total course and i've got what's that eight different stars that indicate the roundabout ships.
1: <laughs> what do you want? GPS coordinates for everything? Like you yes. got so many other yes. things. GPS.
0: gpx Yeah. Okay. Ultra marathons always have gpx
1: Okay. Well, here we have Strava. I mean, that's not too bad. No, but that's really... some dude's done it. Olive, Olive, Olivier Lemoyne. Lemoyne. Okay. So we start with a gentle climb and then it's a pretty steep one actually for a while, it's like a pretty steep one for a good several minutes, flattens out-ish, then a downhill for almost 10Ks downhill, 8Ks downhill into like a pretty banger climb. Now, once you get up that pretty banger climb, which the KOM on that is 14 and a half minutes by Rudy Moreland in August of last year, no, no, that's only half. That's only...
0: That's only half the climb? That That's only 6.2k. That other link that I sent you is the... F- is the... um. That's... Oh, sorry. That's the 12k. The other link that I sent you is the end 6k of the climb.
1: Wow. So this is a 12k climb. That's... No, it's 18. The whole wow. Climb. Yeah. That's long, man. That's going to take ages to get up. Okay, so... It flattens out a little bit after that. Another long downhill. Pretty steep downhill, I'm assuming. A little bit twisty, actually. Scary if I'm on a TT bike. And then a punchy climb, which is about 3Ks. Flat again. And then for the last, like, 40Ks, it's, like, pretty much downhill. Yeah. That's interesting. Pretty much downhill for the last 40Ks. Like, 40Ks is a long time. Are they going to average 40Ks an hour for the last, on the downhill? Oh, they'll go way faster than that. They average There's 40Ks, in. over 40Ks an hour on a flat race. So Yeah, but like, this is twisty. Like, cool, man. This is like, this is good. Alright, alright. Everyone knows, like if you're a triathlete, listen, can we can we cue some music here? Music in the background? If you're a triathlete listening to this, we're looking for a reason to make a brake sensor for triathlon bikes, right? We just need a reason. We got the technology. We got it for mountain bikes. Everyone knows, and triathletes, you know this about yourself as well. You know that going downhill and taking turns is your biggest weakness. Now I'm looking at this course thinking someone's going to lose some serious time going oh, down this. Serious time. Serious time. You
0: should so they did the 70.3, so the half Ironman World Championships. Here, you should see this course like it's, it's, it's like what you see the Tour de France dudes bombing down the mountainside, is what it is. Like, it's like this you know, skinny, narrow road with a shit ton of hairpins, and you like, you know, how someone like your mate who sucks or had a crash recently mm. and they're gone. They're gone. I even on just like your local few hundred meter climb, you bomb down, you're like, I hope they're all right Like I've got yeah, them you're like, oh, behind no, you. there they are. There they are. Yeah, you know, like and they just
1: that just but that's crazy.
0: That's, but you got to think, you know, you're you're um by the time you get to that like the proper descent, I guess, you're 120 in. So you're like a few hours in. Yeah, and, so and like, this is this is your warehouse wheelhouse of like fatigue based, uh, like decision making.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, okay, so the, this is interesting to me because I thought honestly when we scheduled this episode, I thought there was going to be <laughs> one little climb. I didn't think there. I didn't even consider a downhill, basically, but there has to be, for sure. So cool. that is very cool because. This is going to change. It's going to change triathlon. I firmly believe because of what we're going to see on the downhills. We already saw Tom Pidcock. This is last year's tour, but we saw Tom Pidcock win a stage because of his downhill. Yeah, and remember when Froome introduced the Froome,
0: like, you know, like he now much, illegal like, stats on his top tube.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, he's a good bike handler too, but they weren't yeah. all like Thibaut Pino. He's like a classic, not great bike handler. But the yeah. thing is, like these guys would drop you like a stone. Like, just, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, even pino
0: would be like, but they're still Kopp, good. I seen a there's this YouTube video of him getting the the like, P.O.M. descent somewhere, and there's there's like a dude. His whole YouTube channel is just like mad dogging descents, uh-huh. and like he's like drifting at like ninety k an hour. Uh, wow. it's just it's. It, uh, That's crazy I Like, scared, like you know your, your hands are sweaty Just like watching this guy who's getting paid
1: Like hundreds of thousands of euros <laughs> And then A yeah, anyway. little frail body Well it, anyway like if you're You know this is going to be very cool If you're in the industry Or if you're into sports tech And you want to see a brake sensor Happen so we can help Ironman athletes Which need it we can help them become more efficient on the downhills, right? To your senator, A.K.A. Right, 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 right to me, and uh, we'll talk it over in the team. Yeah, and we're gonna we'll see what get we an can affiliate. Do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We need to stop talking over each other. Well, I think I, it, we're gonna see some serious things happen. And do you have I, one? I
0: can get. I know like a few of these guys racing. I can get your sensor on the bike.
1: Well, it all. The one that we have works with post mounts. So there's a little, but the technology, like all the electronics inside, we design the firmware so that we can mount it on anything. So we're mm-hmm. actually in a really good place to be able to then also jump to uh, this road sensor, which just, it really doesn't need that much work, but it needs time and resources to put into it. So we don't actually have it, but we so couldn't get a one lot. together for this right. Nah. No, 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 no. We're still focused on, you know, being in the World Cup, which we're in the World Cup now. It's cool. Sam Blankensop was running uh, Brake Ace in the last World Cup, so that's pretty cool. But this would be cool, and this this is good because also triathletes are super analytical, so they already know they need a brake sensor before they just need to look at this course, and like, oh, well, what, how am I going to pace properly? What bike am I going to ride? How am I going to know what to do in my preparation? And the big thing here is it's also going to change the preparation because you have long periods of descending, which you're not putting out much power at all, especially if you're going 50, 60 K an hour. Any power that you're putting out is just kind of being wasted by the increased drag of going a little bit faster. So it doesn't really help you. It just makes you more tired. So how the heck are we going to pace this one? How are you, you gonna pace it? You wouldn't go that much mm. higher than FTP. I'm looking at this big climb. You said 12Ks long or 16k? A- long? 18, 18. 18k's long. Is that one? Is there a Strava segment for that one? Yeah, I, that's the, the, the other link that I sent you. So mm.
0: you've got uh Rudy Mollard or Molard. I don't French don't pronounce the last one. He's a pro. Uh 1430 i did it on my birthday last year 6th of august look at that uh and then the second oh sorry that was the 6k one and then the other one was 20 pretty much 28 minutes by matt lebow and okay. you also send me that one because i don't have it well why don't we have a look at uh, i can click through to him so he's averaged 375 watts with the power meter and i think if he's premium i might be able to see his his peak powers if i could click on his profile somewhere um yeah don't worry this is a category two client not me ah here you go power here you go zone distribution so his threshold zone four is 350 to 400 watts big range shot um so let's say so he's averaged 375 for 25 minutes up that climb so he's pretty much set right around if not slightly above because that's his average power threshold to to smash out that KOM. that makes sense, right? Because he's yeah, ever... almost like thirty minutes. I don't know if he's done it in a race or how he's how he's gone about it. But um, you're well, not going to yeah. do that, having planning to do a marathon. Here's actually just last month, Cam Worth, pro triathlete. He's done thirty minutes. He's blocked his power and he's blocked his heart rate. Sneaky. He's seventh up the climb and he's done half an hour.
1: Dude, it cracks me up when people block their power and stuff like that. It's like, well, your power predicts how fast you go. Who cares? Like, we're already looking at your time. Just show your power. Like, it does not matter. Who cares? Because I like it. Yeah, but it it doesn't matter. Like, what, you're going to pretend that your power is not high, but then post your best ever time? Like, you're not hiding it. Like, if you're on Strava at all and you're showing anyone anything just show it all that's that's my feeling like you're not hiding anything by not i showing know one guy i spoke to he wanted to hide his
0: power on strava because he's worked so hard at his aerodynamics he didn't want to show how little power he was putting out like
1: what is what is doing in a race okay it still doesn't make sense Shut up. Who cares? <laughs> so, so, uh,
0: yeah, we don't know how hard Cam Wirth was going, but he's two minutes back off of this dude who's held threshold, who's like an elite cyclist, not a pro, but an elite. Cam Wirth rides for Ineos when he's not doing triathlon as like a domestique. Uh, so he would have been going probably through or above, and he's done 30
1: minutes. He's not on the second part of the climb. Um, bloody Strava. Do you, in a normal Ironman, would anyone spend much time in zone four? Nah, not like you
0: may need to bridge a gap, but knowing that, nah, like that's you, you like those guys are blocked in zone three, you know, like okay. bottom end.
1: So you're just kind of sitting there at tempo, plugging away not trying to yeah trying
0: to like making sure your heart rate's not increasing you know like you just I mean these dudes are pro dudes uh like four hours pro females like four and a half 4.45 so you know and you got to run and run for probably pretty much let's just pretty much three hours after that yeah so you just want to be steady state as much as possible avoid the surges but then we have this race right and that and that makes sense you're like What can I do? What's my aerobic capacity? What's my anaerobic work capacity? Do some tests. How far, you know, what's my, what's that point at which I can just truck along and then get off, run a marathon in the best case scenario, Um, like the best possible, as close to my actual running capacity as possible. Um, So what's the least amount of damage I can do for the fastest amount, fastest time? But now we have this race where you have these, because in a normal triathlon, normal Ironman triathlon, there's nowhere to really recover. Mm. So sure, you might do like five minutes at threshold up to upper climb before you get to descent. you know, like, yeah, whatever. You can kind of buffer that, being such a fit, well-trained individual. But now when you've got... Uh, so the if you were a pro, you're going to do this climb in 45 to 50 minutes, like a pro cyclist. So you, you're looking at one hour for... would be close to threshold for a lot of these dudes yeah and the females would be more like once one, one 15 yeah i guess weight will come into and it and so as then well. you're not going to do that threshold right because you're not going to hold one hour threshold so you're going to be a, you'd want to be in the race like within that 90 percent yeah this is so interesting but then so i think different. about this matt and this is what was my point was why it's like a classics race is that you need to be super efficient at replenishing your anaerobic capacity like how can can you replenish glycogen can you like how can you minimize your like carbohydrate expenditure your your carbohydrate metabolism because you need that for the marathon so like but you are going to get a good recovery on the descents so what? how do you do this the fastest possible way?
1: Okay. let's Let's dig into how do we go fast. Well, the best way to go fast is to go faster when you're moving slow. Go faster when you're moving slow. So what this means is when we have steep climbs, that's the time to push because we're already going so slow. So if you can increase by one mile an hour or something like that that's a big deal because the overall time it takes to get up this bit is so long we also know that when you're going really fast like when you're going down that descent there's not much you can do by exerting more effort to go it's, that much faster it's like a cubed and put of effort for speed especially yep. when you're going like these guys you know 40 50 miles an hour Yeah, I mean, like, if you do a 1,000 watts, which I don't think you should do if you're doing an Ironman, but if you do a 1,000 watts when you're going 60K an hour, it doesn't really do much. Like, have you ever tried sprinting at the end of a long climb? You spin out your gears, you have, obviously, yet high power, but you might have been better just tucking and being more aero and just relaxing. And we have that opportunity. Mind you, it's super twisty, but that last 40Ks, Is really fast. So you can be really focusing on eating when it's safe to do so. You can really be focusing on recovering and not putting out too much effort. So hopefully there's not too many people sprinting out of every corner. So that's a good thing because I don't think you'd normally have this opportunity to kind of relax a little bit at the end of uh, Ironman bike leg. I can't imagine that that's really a thing any other time. So what does that mean? It's like when you go to a cafe and you have a chance to eat a burrito, right? You feel great. You feel like a new person and you're ready to stomp out the rest of the, the effort. Well, this is good. So it basically shortens what our bike leg, like the actual difficulty of our bike leg by about 40 Ks, which really, you know, I would be focusing on that climb. That climb is a great place to to make up a lot of time. Great place to make up a lot of time.
0: Yeah. So... But it's also the easiest place to ruin your race.
1: Definitely. Well, you're so definitely how, not going to win it in the first half of the climb, right? How are you going to distribute your effort? I would, well, this so this is going to be ob- obviously really individualized, right? If you're at the, at the back of the pack normally, your ability to hold zone four this late into the game and then also run a marathon is probably not going to be as high because you're not as highly aerobically developed as the people at the front right okay but yeah, I'd be looking so let's at just differentiate four. let's
0: just go pro okay and then we'll go like your everyday age grouper all
1: right pros would we'd be looking at zone four yeah absolutely yeah yeah absolutely like we'd, pushing it into zone four we have be, that i'd test so i'd yeah. be like we need to
0: do a one hour climb like you know and we need to then test like on it you can test lactate to see like kind of yes how hard you're going but also what's carbohydrate metabolism running at then you can monitor heart rate and you can also monitor then more power output two hours after that and like a one hour tempo run you can test a lot of things to see how much damage has this done yeah and but within the climb because you're where I see the big mistakes being made is surging above zone four above threshold yeah
1: it's we were talking about this actually last week when we did our weekly mountain bike quotation marks race you and i against each other and we were talking about um surging and for me the surging doesn't feel hard but you just can't surge yeah yeah. it's obviously the thing that you need to work on for your your shorter races um but they also even though i can surge it still eventually adds up for me as yeah, well. well, part
0: of that's like the run. Like, I don't have that kind of strength for the mountain biking in my legs. So, like, it's yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah, and, similar
1: thing. Like, meta- so still like, that's how you
0: dropped me. Like, it's yeah.
1: Um, you know, I still won. Yes. Yeah. Well, we'll put that out I there. mean, I didn't say it on your Strava because I didn't want to bring this up in a public forum. But now that you did, I will. You attacked me twice when I made wrong turns.
0: You said so think- that on my Strava.
1: Oh, did I? <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome okay well go check out will strong because i said that oh yeah i said your record it's funny how your record matches the number of times you attacked me when i made wrong turns because now it's two one you you yeah. must have really thought about this because you can remember it <laughs> word for word. yeah it was, yeah it was so funny uh, well did you think it was funny yeah yeah because it's it is i mean i funny. so i'm still cracking up about it a little bit because it was funny um but there's this part in this race where you really have to surge you make it I'm not sure if you can see it in the map but you make you bang a left uh up this like kind of kink it's real straight and what we have it's called route de Condamine climb and it's it's a short strava segment only half a k but it's 11% yeah. and this is like what really kicks off the climb so we're like at a ge- really gentle gradient before that man you'd have to surge for that and the KOMs are quite short at about a minute, but what the heck are you going to do in Ironman at the start of the bike leg? Well, this is the pro, and you know, like
0: looking at the topography of this, that the flat sections sections aren't flat. Like just scroll through this, all these Strava segments, and it's just like these, you know, there's one here, 1.8K, 1.7%, 3K, 2.6%, 4K, 4.1%, 1.7K, 5.6%. You know so there's just they're just listed throughout this course and so yeah. if you you know you're just doing what you do being fresh at the start of a yeah a really long day making mistakes push over it i'll push over it no drama like i want to stay in this i want to stay with him i want to stay with her don't
1: don't yeah be, i would be very careful at that steep one especially that 11 percenter because it's so short you know like it's a couple of minutes but
0: this is this is this is 20 Ks in this isn't even the main climb that 11 percent goes straight into 2K's at
1: 4.3 percent. Well I'm thinking though like the the mental struggle that people are gonna have is like this feels like the start of the climb like all right I'm banging this left or whichever direction and I'm going up the steep bit the, and I know there's quite a bit of climbing after this like this is it let's do it dig deep. But you do have to climb for quite a while before you get that next downhill. So I would be very careful at this steep uh, half a K segment that's 11%. I would not dig deep there at all because I we have at least 15, well, we have 20 Ks still until the next descent, the next proper descent. So be careful. And then that you one. have a, almost a 20 K, 1,000 meter elevation yeah. climb. And then we have the real climb. And that's where that's where the time's going to be made, I think. And how far over zone three you can go and still recover it's going to be highly individualized i would be super careful i think like at this point though weight is going to come into play obviously much more than it ever has in ironman yeah like we got heavy bikes out there which is fine and that's probably fine for jonas finger and everyone else that was riding in the tour um time trial which Technically I won our fantasy league because I didn't cheat and change my team, but we'll, we'll cover that offline. (laughs) Um, I think weight's going to come into it over this one hour climb. So we're probably going to be looking at lightweight bikes that can handle a descent. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. Well, you think about where you can make up the time.
0: Okay. So the climb when you got to, when you're slower, you can make up more time by going faster. Like it's yep. Uh so then on the descent how do you make up more time by being smooth like descending faster. Yeah. Going faster. So how do you go faster on a technical descent? It's not like a time trial bike's not if you a time trial b- bike
1: works when you're on the aero bars. Yeah. So, that's a that's a good point because like yeah you're like hunched over more. And like you have this aero bike to go down the hill, but that's not the aero position that's designed for. The aero position it's designed for is in the whatever the heck they're called. What are the things called in the middle? Oh, the the aero bars. Bar. Yeah, aero bars. I thought they had a cooler name. Uh, so then,
0: um, even if you just look at the percentage of time, so the rider makes up around eighty-five percent of the aerodynamic drag, and so if you are then so. who who, you know who gives a shit about your bike how aerodynamic your bike is is how how fast you can be on your bike across this 180k course without having ridden the course you know we're looking at the map so someone might be able to give us more insight i'll ask people uh but what i see being the factor here is a road bike as light as possible that handles really well yeah because you can strip so much weight out of a time trial bike because no one really cares about the weight of a time trial bike. You know, putting a disc on it, putting, like, all these hydration systems into it, putting, like, integrating all of these different, uh, comp- like, um uh,
1: like fuselages, storage. Pinto things. It's interesting, though, like, because I totally agree because the slowest parts are where you have the best chance to make up time. But in the middle here from, hey, 35 to about 75. So 40Ks there. Um, it's pretty flat. It's pretty flat. I'm actually looking at this uh, pamphlet. Oh, sorry. Th- we're talking miles. So I was looking at the bottom. I've got things in miles now. But that's a big chunk for it to be flat. Now, do you think, though... Do you think like someone riding a road bike is going to be at a disadvantage here? Yeah, they'll be slower, like because they won't be able to be in an as
0: aerodynamic position. Uh, so, but then what happens? And yeah, what's the trade-off in that descent? You know, so at forty k, you are bombing. You're bombing down that hill. How technical is it? How quickly do you make up time? Um. But it's, it's like what as a percentage you have as a percentage duration, how often are you climbing versus how often are you on the flat and
1: descending? Yeah. Well, it'll be a bigger percentage climbing because it's just overall slower. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, and that's where you would
0: make up more time. Yeah, absolutely. So it, it looks like, so you would uh, yeah i'm pretty eyeball i'm eyeballing this hard here but you're like 40 percent of the time you must be ascending or climbing right and
1: then so if you're yeah
0: so i i I would i would be going a road bike you can still have clip-on aero bars on a road bike
1: yeah well people put them on mountain bikes for i mean maybe this is this is the kind of pacing that we should be looking at because or gravel like gravel pacing like what is the actual pacing strategy that works in a gravel while non-draft gravel race because that's what we're looking at that's really what we're looking at maybe we should be looking at what kind of like the kind of equipment that they're running in those i wouldn't be running like a hamilback or anything like that but (laughs) yeah like a road bike with clip-ons would probably be the one and then the same pacing strategy that they'd be using. And I can tell you for sure, like from doing lots of long, kind of gravelly mountain bike races before gravel bikes existed. That's there was a lot like that. Like you go really, really hard on the climbs because you had such long descents.
0: Yeah, you also don't have to run a marathon.
1: I know, but also we're okay. We're not going to be like redlining for the entirety of this 160K bike. But we you need to consider that we have this, like, almost 50Ks of downhill at the end. That's a lot of downhill. That is a lot of downhill. That's a great chance to recover. I mean, that's like, that is literally like a stop for a burrito. So that's a huge confounding factor. If you're on a road bike, you can keep it smooth down there. I think you can recover from a pretty big effort on some of those climbs. De- absolutely. Absolutely. And that the higher your aerobic ability, the quicker you can recover too. So, going back to the critical power concept, like, honestly, like, we don't need high anaerobic work capacity for this event because you're not no, going It's red-light. the same
0: with my ultra marathons, right? It's the same. Like, it's kind of that's so what's leading to this, my thought process along this is yeah, like, yeah. Um, yeah, you but you need to consider it right, like so. Maybe, but like if you can improve, if you can do a lot of like you're gonna have to do a lot of 20 30 minute work, yeah, in training because that's that's where like you got to be efficient at zone four, you got to be efficient at zone four, like how how steady state. Like metabolic steady state can you exist uh kind of settle at while riding FTP or 90 95 or whatever you know because for some people if you don't if you're just working five minute efforts and three hour long rides or whatever you know that that polarizing approach is is not going to help you here yeah because okay. you've got to be able to bang out yeah, you've got to be super efficient and not be accumulating a large uh, concentration of lactate in the blood. So essentially, like, that's just... The, the more you start, the less efficient you are at zone four, less steady state you can kind of be, then the more glycogen you're using, the more anaerobic work you're doing, which is generating a greater acidity, it's just causing more more fatigue within the muscle and a decreased capacity contractile capacity which will affect you later in the race yeah like you're not going to be able to recover from that like you're not you're not a classics right like you're not a professional cyclist whose job it is to kind of exist like that and then just finish the race it's like now you've got to get off and use your muscles in a different way to run to run a marathon it's like so you got to avoid the VO2 max efforts, like the zone five plus efforts.
1: Would triathletes, many triathletes do zone four efforts or do they mostly stay in that zone three? Because. Nah, a lot. Yeah.
0: a Because otherwise you just zone threes when you're that fit, especially on the bike, you know, what are you going to do? Like continuously do four by half an hour. Or like it's the big, big, big dog workouts. Like yeah. you're better off, better off doing,
1: you know, multiples of, teen 20s i got it i i just wondered because of the work that because you know zone four is harder than zone three in training so does that affect then the rest of the training they have to do but yeah it sounds I saw like all individual you know yeah 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 okay well i would definitely be I, I i'm riding zone four on that climb absolutely maybe low zone four i'd be easing into it the flat bit we're talking zone three absolutely and that end, like we need to make sure our bike handling's dialed. Absolutely. You also, um, um,
0: you got to think like it's going to be hot. You're climbing up to a thousand meters. If there's the, you know, the air pressure's lower and the um, humidity could be lower. Could be pretty dry heat. You could you get pretty hot up there. Which
1: well, the the more the thing you have to consider at higher elevations is the how the UV feels. Like, you know what if, I'd also do?
0: I'd be loading up my bike on the, for the descent, right? It'd be like getting like 15 water
1: bottles. Yeah. Well, there you go. Like, well, that's actually a great thing to point out because I saw that there's like a few water stops on the descent. Like no way. Not stopping I, for that. Like <laughs> this race
0: in China, 90 K bike, right? This is when I was doing triathlon and uh one aid station at like 37k on a descent out of this tunnel oh no (laughs) so so you're like okay you get on the bike you essentially have one aid station because it's at 37k so it's at 37 and then 84 you know great i've got an aid station six k's before to finish the bike so (laughs) uh, it was like 80k bike sorry um so i'm yeah just like flying through and these small chinese school children are like you know you know when you've done it a couple times you know how to hold a bottle yeah and then but you know i'm like what if i was top 10 in this race so there hasn't been a lot of opportunity for these kids to learn how to hand a bike so i'm going (laughs) 50k and like and it's just i i ended up just pretty much stopping to get to make sure I got one. That'd be was...
1: sketchy on like a TT bike. Yeah, it's <laughs> not sketchy. interesting. Well, even though everyone, now that they listen to this, is going to be on a road bike for Ironman World Champs, I'm still not stopping for those. I'd be loading up my jersey. Yeah, absolutely. Get a bit more weight on there. Load up my bike. And then you don't have to stop. Like, that's a double whammy for extra speed. Absolutely. And also, yeah, you're right. With the high elevation, you need to consider... It's not high elevation, but it is nah. higher elevation. But you do need to consider the UV exposure. So I'm probably wearing like UV arm uh, warmers and things like that to Always. make sure that I don't take on the heat.
0: Yeah, well. and just uh, like if it's drier, like hydration. There's just a lot of factors. And but on those descents, if you can fuel, like you got to increase blood distribution to the GI tract so you can absorb more, than then on the climb so then you just like your nutrition strategy protocol is going to alter i'm not just going to be setting out your standard like i every 20 minutes take a gel or whatever it's like well when you're climbing right near the top you you might be your heart rate's creeping up creeping up like and it's getting and you're getting hotter and convective cooling is going to be lower because
1: you're going slower compared to on the descents it's like um yeah this is this is incredible like this is gonna get me out of bed to block out however three days of my life to, to be able to watch this on tv i like this has me pretty excited because we need to think about like different uh, on the run
0: the run is just gonna be amazing wow it's just gonna because you you know you can do whatever you want to do on the bike but a marathon is still a marathon like yeah. just a marathon in itself people are just blowing up left right and center so after having just appropriately pace this with a disc wheel on time trial bike
1: like mm. yeah it'll be oh it's going to be so cool to like see how people prepare how people perform and what they do differently because i this to me just seems like it's it's not something that normally happens in triathlon and if this is at the highest level i think it's going to be fireworks this is going to be very cool
0: yeah so we'll put a link to watch that uh in september or something when is it man uh september 10th yeah cool so it's a month and a half from recording this i guess right. so still still time to make those changes guys and i'm gonna flip this off to a couple people i know to be like hey listen to what we thought about this yeah does this alter your preparation
1: yeah very cool yeah.
0: All right, Matt, I've got to go take my car in for a service.
1: All right, go for it. Have fun. Catch you oh, later. Hey, make sure you check us out
0: at Dr. Will O'Connor and at MTB underscore PhD.
1: At Matt Miller one. <laughs> too many of us, too many underscores everywhere.